Okay, so it is Friday, the 13th of July, and I'm here with Clinton DuBose, a former colleague of mine. And Clinton is involved in a lot of stuff these days, and this is a show about mind, body, and spirit and the connection of all those things. And Clinton, I know that you're very, very invested in the well-being of all of us and the human body in particular. Um, and I wanted you to just, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Well, thank you, Lacey. I appreciate you uh, inviting me here for the podcast. i um, just going to tell you a little bit about myself. Um, how far back would you like me to go? <laughs> how far back? Well, I know you recently retired from a career with the Federal Bureau of Prisons. And uh, probably want to talk a little bit about... Maybe we go back just to September when you retired and, and kind of the decision-making process you went through uh, with respect to your next steps. Okay, well, I, I worked with the Federal Bureau of Prisons for approximately 26 years. Uh, started off uh, in Butner, uh, North Carolina. Uh, they have like five institutions out there. You're, you're familiar with those. Um, I worked at the, the, the main institution, the FCI 1, um, for maybe 16 years or so, and I transferred from there up to the the Deuce, and from the Deuce I went back and forth to the camp, and then I I eventually finished working at the camp uh, for 26 years. Specifically, I worked in um, the area of substance abuse. I was a substance abuse specialist there, um, and my background is in psychology. I have a um, bachelor's in psychology and a master's in psychology, and specifically. Um, I focused on substance um, abuse and helping guys in a residential program there. Uh, so, so during um, the latter part of my uh, career at the Bureau of Prisons, uh, right before I was ready to get out, um, I started training again, went back to school again, um, and got my uh, certification as a personal trainer. So I went through the, the National Association of Sports Medicine and became a personal trainer. And, and that kind of was a perfect fit because I had a lot of experience with coaching, uh, specifically uh, coaching basketball players, uh, coaching my son who uh, plays Division One basketball now, um, also um, coaching um, other teams, football. I was a football coach. So it, it really fit along those lines to be able to incorporate um, that part of uh, working with people in in the um, in the areas of coaching them. So once I left in September, I was certified at that time. I had completed my coursework, and I started um, working with individuals first. And then from working with individuals, I, I branched out and started working with groups, specifically teams, uh, basketball teams, female girls teams, guys teams. Um, so I was doing group work and I was doing individual work. Uh, so, uh, and I learned a lot of different things as um, I went through the process and, and things really tied together. So this, this podcast in particular, you know, talking about mind, body, and spirit really goes together with um, what I've done and the type of things that I'm currently um, working on. You moved into a field where you have a lot of interest, but also where you have a lot of passion. And I think that's so important, you know, that, that we are doing what we love. And it seems like, it sounds like the decisions you've made 
are in line with what you love, which is you love helping people get fit, tone. You like helping people connect with their body. You like seeing people feel good about themselves, sounds like. And uh, you are, are, are doing what you love. So I just want to acknowledge that, that, that that's awesome. A lot of people don't make that choice in their life and they're not very happy. So uh, it gives me great joy uh, to see and pleasure to see you happy in doing what you love. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess when I think about the mind-body-spirit connection and I think about the body in particular... I'm wondering if you have noticed a theme uh, in the psyche of people that you work with with respect to how they feel about exercise and getting fit. And, and, and maybe even, you know, there's probably a pretty common set of obstacles that you see in people's thought process when they think about getting their body ready and fit and toned. And I'm just wondering if maybe you could speak to some of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, and it's very similar to the field that I came out of, you know, working in, in psychology. The the first thing with, with anything, Lacey, is that you, you have to have some sort of motivation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and where does that come from? Um, you, you know, it, it works best when it when it comes from within. Uh, however, you know, people can be motivated in many different ways. Um, but the motivation is the big, big key. So when I was working in substance abuse, when I'm working in, in, um, in personal training, fitness, uh, so you're talking, when you talk about motivation, you're talking about the mind. So wh- why are you motivated to do what? What do you want? How are you going to get it? You know, uh, what, what are the, the, the driving forces? What are you telling yourself? What's your self-talk? I can do it. I can do it. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I mean, what, you know, we, we look at all of those things. And so th- this is that example I gave you right there basically kind of shows how these things tie in. You know, my, my use of psychology along with, you know, you know, the fitness part. That's why this mind body really just ties in so much because it all starts with the, with the mind. What are you telling yourself? How do, how do you how do you motivate yourself? So with fitness, you know, uh, a lot of people say they want something and, and may may want something. But but how do they motivate themselves? How do they stay motivated? How, how how do you how do you complete your goals? How do you how do you um, get what you say you want? How do you put how does the the rubber meet the road? <laughs> Basically, how does the rubber meet the road? I mean, that, and so this all really ties in. I know, Lacey, you and I we talked about a principle that that really stood out to me and is is so um, uh, that really just fits so well, and that's that's, that's the said principle. You know, acronym said. S A I D, and and we talked about that. Now you remember we talked about that for for a, a long uh, time. But basically, that said principle uh, talks about uh, specific adaptation to impose demands. Lord, Lick Clinton, if I can interrupt right here, that that's a pretty powerful acronym because we could really apply that to. To all of human conditioning, can wow. we not? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So I, I guess that's that's the energy that 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 has connected us on this podcast. But but that that's big because when when we look at you know um, 
specific adaptation. So what specifically are you doing differently or what are you doing to get that in which you say you want? You know, they, you know, go back to that definition of insanity. Say insanity is doing the same thing, but expecting different results. You tell the guys that all the time, you know, especially in, in substance abuse guys that, you know, they, they say, well, I want to, I want to get out. I want to do this differently, do this differently, but they're hanging around with the same buddies in the same play places doing the same behaviors. They say, so insanity is, is thinking that you can do the same thing, but you expect different results. So with the said principle, specific adaptations, what are you going to do specifically? Because then you're going to adapt to those imposed demands that are placed either by you or by someone else. So let's let's talk about this, Lacey, with, with regard to fitness. So so now, you know, you're working out three times a week, you're doing full body uh, routines where maybe you, you weren't doing that before. Um, you're going to see based on those specific adaptations. Now you, your body starts to adapt to this, this routine that you're, you're doing, to these imposed demands that you're placing on your body. In addition to that, you know, we talk about, you know, your eating, um, uh, you know, what you eat. You know, how much you eat, um, which also is a part of that um, adaptation to, to an opposed demand. Uh, and, and all of that goes together to, to really look at the, the end result of what it is that you want, where you want to be and what you want to achieve. And, and thus, it really ties into to the mind. We talk about your body. And this last part, the spirit. Wow. That's, that's a deep concept, spirit. Well, you know, uh, that, and that is one that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, but before we go there, I wanted to just comment on this concept of imposed demands. And I hear what you're saying with respect to fitness. Uh, you're talking about self-imposed demands in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And certainly, you know, the human conditioning is, is often demands imposed by others like our family members and, and school systems and medical communities and things like that. But I, I could, we could talk for hours about that, that idea. But let's go back to the fitness concept. So you're, what you're suggesting is that if somebody can change the demands that they're placing on themselves, they can change those imposed demands to demands that are healthy, that are nutritious that are in the best interest of the body then they will adapt in a healthy way and and it will become easier and easier to respond and um to respond to those imposed demands so the idea is that we have number one we have control oh, over yeah. those good. things we are imposing on ourselves mm -hmm. And that's an important concept because many people don't feel like they have control over over demands. Uh, but they, but but in the world of fitness and eating and all kinds of things, if we can learn to impose healthy demands on ourselves, we can adapt accordingly and become more fit, more self aware, more in tune with our body. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yes, I am. But Lacey, I also want to play the devil's advocate a little bit here. Okay, you know, I, I like the point you brought up about, about people outside of you because let's, let's just use this example. 
So you're working out, and we, we have a situation where you go home and, and you're getting negative criticism about working out. You're not being encouraged, you know what I mean, by a partner or, or somebody else at home. So, so now we, we still have specific adaptations. How are you going to adapt to the negativity that's being fed into you? It goes back to the mind. So how are you going to adapt? What are you going to tell yourself? What are you going to tell that person? Because, you know, as a, as a coach, you know, I deal with that. I, it's, it's not just um, being in the gym and, and, and doing crunches or doing this, doing that. As a coach, I'm dealing with the whole person. So I'm, I'm trying to find out where they're getting that support from. So this kind of playing the devil's advocate in that regard. That does have an effect on, on that end of you know, a person being encouraged. Oh, yeah, you're looking good. Like, like it's, it's working. Or, man, why you keep doing that? Why are you doing that for? So which one of those are you going to listen to? Ooh, that is an excellent <laughs> point. And, I, you know, I don't know that it's devil's advocate. I think it's a really, really important point uh, to, to, to help people become aware of their lives within a larger context. And so we're talking about self-imposed demands and we're talking about other imposed demands and and if those two things are in contrast to each other how do you reconcile that in your mind and in your heart and it sounds like as a coach you make sure to tap into both of those things and help people help people understand that and help people find ways to reconcile that in their best interest yes Clinton, you, you have brought up a, a principle that I really like and, and will kind of feel more deeply into. Certainly it's meaning for me and its impact, this said principle, and I, I think it almost may be a topic for its own show. But, uh, not but, really, and I'd like to kind of ask you to talk a little bit about maybe four... Uh, four ways in which people can, you have seen people have a negative experience in getting their body fit and four ways people have been able to improve their health through physical fitness. Uh, I know you and I have talked many times about the importance of, of self-talk and that really the mind and and the way we talk to ourselves has a deep impact on what we're doing and ultimately what we're doing with our bodies. So, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the the positive and negative self talk and and uh, and how you've seen it impact people's motivation and ability to meet their goals. Okay, well, you you know me, Lacey. I I, I love my examples. So. Would you, if you know that, let's say if you had a racehorse, and you know you, you're going to bet some money on this racehorse, you're going to put him out there tomorrow, would you keep him up all night long drinking alcohol and, and running, let's say, with other horses in the stable <laughs> all night long, knowing that he has to prepare for a, a race the next day? Would you keep him up all late and, you know, say, say go to bed 3 in the morning and the race is at 6 o'clock? Well, of course not. Okay, so this is all about preparation. That's preparation. 
that sounds like some bad preparation right there, right? Right. The same thing with, with self-talk. You have negative, you have positive self-talk. Um, some of the, the negative self-talk that you may hear, and, and not just with fitness, uh, with, with the mind, body, the spirit, the self-talk is uh, um, very similar to, uh, and is, energy. And we've talked about that that term. We talked about energy before, but uh, self talk being words that that you you use, what comes out of your mouth. You know, there's there's a lot of power in the tongue, and what comes out of your tongue and what comes out of your thoughts. So when you say things like "I can't," very self defeating. You you you, self, you tell yourself "I'll fail," very self defeating. Uh, you tell yourself "It's too hard," very self defeating. Uh, self talk. You tell yourself things like. This won't work. Very self-defeating type of self-talk. Instead, um, there's some self-talk that you can utilize. It'll be more positive. Once again, this is preparation. All preparation, just like that horse getting ready for that race, right? Uh, hard work pays off. You tell yourself that. You plant that seed. That's energy. Um, this is a process. You know, it, it lets you know that that you know, just from today's event is not going to dictate. My end result. Um, I'm a winner. You know, I'm blessed. You know what I mean? Whatever you want to tell yourself that's going to move you forward and give you more energy. So for that horse, a good night's sleep. Going going to bed early. A good meal. Hydration. Staying hydrated. He probably would be a lot better and, and water, that is, and probably some high pH water. But he probably he probably would do a lot better in that race than staying up drinking alcohol all night and running in the stable with those other horses. So it's all about preparation. So, Clinton, if I may, I, I, I think you're talking about something that's really important, which is that that words have energy. Thoughts have energy and and that energy, if positive or negative, impacts uh, what we're doing, what we're what we're planning, what our goals are, what our what the physiology of our body is. We we we've now known, and quantum physicists have proven that 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 this is true. Um, but I'm going to give you I'm going to I'm going to throw a curveball here and and tell you that our horse that we're talking about uh, was previously before he came to us uh, physically abused by the trainer, uh, whipped starved sometimes uh, and he grew up in an environment where he couldn't trust and was often deprived and the negative self-talk that he developed was pretty severe and pervasive and sustained over a long period of time so now this horse comes to you what are, what are you going to do well the first thing I'm going to do Lacey I'm going to realize this is a process and nothing's going to happen overnight that's the first thing. And we're going to take it one step at a time. It's like eating a sandwich. You know? It is. It's like eating a sandwich. Or, you know, or, or like the old Forrest Gump said, that life's like a box of chocolates. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get, right? So, hey, I may get, get some caramel this time. I may get some peach fuzz. I don't know. But it's, it's a process, basically. And what I'm saying is we're going to take it one step at a time. One thing at a time. You know what I mean? We're not going to change overnight. But we will change each time, one step at a time. So, so what you're, what I think, what you're also saying too is the realization that the person who shows up as a client for you 
you see them as a person. You see them as a whole being, which includes a lot. It could be a lot of baggage. It could be environmental, negative environmental influences. It could be a real negative thought process or victim mentality. But you're saying that by working with somebody uh, over time and through a process that you can help them overcome and achieve their goals. And a big component of that is working with the mind. Big component. So I see them. I see the potential in them. I see the winner. I see the champion. I see the hard worker. And one of the things one one of the things that I really want you to hear clearly is that that energy attracts that energy. So because I see that that's what I expect to get back. And I'm going to keep seeing that. And I'm going to keep drawing that out. Even if the person, even if your client doesn't can't see, see it, it, can't see it, can't feel it, can't feel it, can't know it. They're going to feel it. They're going to know it at the end of the process. As long as they stay engaged in the process. Beautiful. Beautiful, Clinton. Well, thank you so much. I think we've covered a lot of ground in a short period of time. And of course, they're like breakout shows here uh, that we could do on a variety of topics. Uh, But I think that for... For our first time together, I think this was pretty amazing, and I love what you're doing, and I believe in what you're doing, and I think you have a really firm grasp of the importance of of the mind-body-spirit connection. So um, uh, I appreciate you, and I will look forward to our next talk. All right. Thanks for having me. All right.